comes and stops us in our tracks Bravely we prove in our striving Trudging together each day Where there's a will, there's a way Everyone and welcome to Raw Recovery a Trudging Together podcast. My name is Dion, and I am your host for Raw Recovery, and we're getting back at it. I have simplified a lot of things so that we can bring back some more podcasting, and you could be expecting three to four podcasts a month from us now from speakers from around the country, maybe even around the world if I feel like it. Um, So, but today I have, um, you know, I've been listening to this guy for a little while, I met him in meetings and, you know, when it comes to male speakers, I'm a little more particular. Sorry, guys, but I am. I'm a little more particular because they don't share their feelings. They just give some bland story, how much, you know, and we need we need that deep rooted. We need it. Right. So I have found another guy that's kind of like me who's not scared to show his emotions. There goes my dog. <laughs> Um, so, uh, and he's also, you know, we, we, well, kind of friends. It depends on what you call friendship. I don't know. But I tell you this, we both got the same uh, um, intentions. That's what I was looking for. Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dion. Good to have you. <laughs> Good to be here, Dion. Can you hear me okay? I can. All right, brother. Yeah, I'm proud to call you a friend and thank you so much for this opportunity absolutely uh, trudging together that's love that song just beautiful voice oh uh, thank you niall will, will really appreciate that yeah very, uh, very proud of her she's a beautiful soul beautiful soul so yeah i i heard this crazy rumor that you might have a problem with alcohol <laughs> i'm rather <laughs> an alcoholic yeah and uh yeah, very humbling to be here. I've, I've shared my story a few times in person, but uh, okay. I haven't done this online. And so this is this is really cool. I love the podcast format. Um, like Dion said, I've, I've ran across him a few times in COVID. And I'm, he's always steady Eddie pretty much at all the meetings. Every time I was logging on, he was right, spitting man. the truth, carrying the message. So, yeah, uh, grateful to be here. And um, my sobriety date is 8-12. 2012 Ooh. and um my home group is denver nooner through the dragon's den i've been logging on to that bad boy i'll talk a little more about that and sure. uh yeah today i'm, I'm kind of here to talk about powerless and unmanageability and god shots oh, absolutely well you already know the floor is yours this podcast um we love we love the speaker to tell their story and and we don't interfere with it um and it always turns out great so i'm going to hand over the reins and kind of and give up the show over to um over to you so you can start anywhere you want rob thank you dion yep try to keep it raw so yeah you know you like a lot of folks um you know you uh you're growing up and you're in your head and something seems a little different, you know, like mm-hmm. racing thoughts, uh, kind of 
is tough to to be around other people or at least for me and so um you know i i grabbed uh i think it was wild turkey you know we we grabbed a bottle when i was like 12 a couple of friends they took a couple couple shots and they were they were toast and uh some of them puking and stuff and they were done and i thought it was the greatest thing ever i i when we ran around the neighborhood we're banging our heads on poles jumping off fences (laughs) walking over cars yeah it was like this is it you know and like it was that it was that power i've been looking for um you know did you did you have many friends growing up did you kind of feel different because it it seems like there was a change there when that alcohol hit your dog yeah, you know, that's a good question. I had my close group and I, I considered them brothers. And I, you know, to this day, uh, we're told to kind of change our playground and play things. And I, I get that. And I, I have done that in a lot of ways, but I still have a lot of my good friends from childhood and they Nothing stuck around. Wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. And and they've really, uh, you know, they've, they've taken a turn for, um, you know, the, the changes that I've made. And they've, well, they've yeah. been so supportive, you know, for a lot of my milestones, I've had one of my good friends sitting in the room with me you know, yeah. come and just be a supporter and it's been what a, what a great amazing. story that's awesome man yeah so i mean yeah they've they've been there uh they've seen the good and the bad and i, I hate to say that you know i've punched uh majority of them in the face blacked out drunk and uh <laughs> they uh they, they knew that side of me and they knew that you yeah. know that switch and i was i was a blackout drinker and that's yeah. uh that just kind of continued, you know, all of a sudden, um, I had this, this thing that I could do that, uh, took away that, that mask, you know, yeah. that anxiety. And I could, I could talk to girls and I could, yep. you know, I had an identity and, um, that kind of carried on, you know, I, I, uh, continued drinking, you know, and, and other outside problems and, um, Kind of arrived to college, went to see Boulder, and uh, definitely had some partying under my belt. And so I was just ready to keep it going. And, you know, Party Fucking Rob was my nickname at CU Boulder. I went there undeclared, and my plan was just to party. Yeah. And, uh, you know, drinking was just a part of everything that you you did and you do. And um, at the time, I was also around 18. I was diagnosed bipolar. Okay. I think a lot of those things were, um, you know, some, some disappointments in myself, some, uh, identity issues that it was just like, who am I, you know? Yeah. You know, it was just, I was fighting some, some heavy drugs Yeah. uh, that they were giving me and and drinking a lot. So that meant a lot of puking. Oh yeah. That combination is dangerous actually. Yeah. Yeah. Not great. I have a lot of vivid memories. Um, you know, we'd, we'd go to the mountains and, and party, you know, if folks had a place which was kind of fun and I'd be on the way home just puking out the window of the car. Oh, I, man. I was mixing lithium and, and booze. Yeah. So yeah, that uh you know, that's kinda like and I just thought that was par for the Normal. course, you know? Yeah. yeah. And uh I, th- I think, you know, looking back, hindsight's twenty twenty. I think a lot of it was behavioral and, and this program's given me a lot of things to, a lot of tools to use Absolutely. to, to yeah. um, change that, that thinking. And, um, but really, you know, it's easy to hate yourself when you, when you drink every day. Yeah. Um, 
and you know you we're, blot it out. We're, we're taught that too. Alcoholics mm-hmm. are bad kids. Stay stay away from them homeless people. They'll stab you. Um, you know, alcoholics and the stigma. I mean, yeah, the stigma is getting a little better now. When we were growing up, it it was still there. And you, know? you were the bad kid. Yeah. And yeah. I was I was kind of like the kid on the fringe, you know, like and and you know, like a lot of people I, I think that, you know, you live a double life and it talks about that in the book. And yeah. and I, you know, I kept my grades up and that's about all I could really do. Um not when I got to college. <laughs> I was on the bad list at college. Uh okay. not not the good list. And uh so I, I definitely barely you know hung on there. We're on the wrong dean list. The wrong dean's <laughs> list. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we got a lot of letters and, uh, yeah, you know, and, and so there were some times that, uh, there, there were definitely some, some signals, you know, maybe, maybe from a higher power that were just, you know, showing me that this, this really isn't doing a lot for me. Um, I, uh, you know, had some, uh, minor in possession tickets, okay. you know, just this drinking in public, things like that, that, uh, eventually got me to go home. Yeah. And um, so I spent a semester at home. And at that point, I I think I recall that I was court ordered to attend. And so I went. Yeah. And uh, it was it was a bunch of old guys sitting in a circle. Yeah. And talking about shit I didn't understand. And, and, uh, you know, talking about random things I didn't really care about. So I I went out drinking after that. Sure. You know, I knew I was there. Um, and I, I went and I signed my papers and whatever. Um, yeah. but you know, it's just wasn't for me. I wasn't ready. I definitely More ready wasn't yet. ready. Exactly. Yeah. No. So do, do it, you mind if I ask just a quick question before we start getting into your adulthood here? How were your parents? Were they drinkers <laughs> at all? Or how many brothers, you have brothers and sisters? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad, I'm glad you bring that up. Cause it's, um, you know, my sister was like the golden child, love her to death, uh, okay. wonder, wonderful soul. Hero, the hero. But, uh, and I have, a, I have a much, much older sister um, who is over 20 years older than me, so she had moved out. But, um, you know, wow. really okay. loved me, but lived in Minnesota. And uh, my sister was six years older, so she kind of matriculated through high school. And I was that kid going to school, and it was like, oh, you're Lindsay's brother. I'm like, yep. yeah, I really, I got nothing for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and she was like, you know, she started the golf team in one state and, you know, all this, you know, yep. was on the CU ski team and, yep. you know, awesome, awesome stuff. But like, you know, to her, she, she brought me up to Boulder. We'd party and um, I was like, you know, her friends thought it was awesome because I was like 14 or something. And yeah, uh, I thought like, that's what you do. And they had lives. They had like other things going on. It was just like, you know, yeah. They they party some of them probably you know partied more than they needed to but she, you know she just a uh, normal drinker um, sure. my dad uh, you know there's there's a lot to my dad that uh, he's you know people would describe as a functional alcoholic okay um, you know so I grew up around that and my mom not not never really you know she had a glass of wine and um, so it's it's uh, that's been interesting you know, okay. kind of going through that. And so it, it kind of relates in both ways that uh, I was definitely that kid that when there were drinks left out around a party, I was picking them up and drinking them. And yep. I liked the effect. So I'm probably, I probably drank prior to, you know, when I described, but uh, yeah, 
you know, it, it was, it was pretty, pretty normal. And, and, uh, that's just what he did. And, and so right around, you know, 23 years old, um, I had just gotten out of a relationship pretty, pretty poorly. And, uh, it didn't go well. A lot of it was based on my drinking and, um, I moved out and I went to Germany with my dad that summer. He was on a business trip. Okay. And, uh, yeah, basically he, I, I sat down and I just kind of dumped, you know, it wasn't an amends. It was just like, what the fuck did you do to me? Kind of thing, you know, uh, not fair, just kind of blindsided the man. Yeah. You know, we're drinking, we're drinking on this trip. And, uh, he, he sat down and he said, you know, Rob, I'm an alcoholic. Your grandfather died of this disease. He died yeah. of alcoholism, um, you know, bloated on a table. And that was, I know that was a lot for my dad. And basically it was like, you got to figure this out. And that was kind of a tough, uh, I don't know, awake, not really awakening, but just kind of like, well, shit, like that's it, huh? Yeah. And I, I, I knew kind of in the back of my head, like that wasn't enough. Sure. Um, that wasn't a, enough of, a, of an answer, but it was the best that he, and, um, so I, I had a couple more years, but I did get sober fairly, fairly early for, you know, I was fairly young considering, okay. um, so about three years of just trying to do this on my own, you know, trying, yeah. uh, outside issues, pairing that, trying, um, you know, trying to be the DD, um, and, you know, you, you kind of just find yourself back on that merry-go-round yeah. and just, you know, deep in that depravity. And it, it was like, oh, I did it again, you know, and I would, I was just those incomprehensible things that, that Jekyll and Hyde, you know, that's, it describes that, you know, like, I feel like I'm a, I'm a gentle person yeah. generally. And then I'd get drunk and I would just get mad, just, yeah. just angry. And I'd black out and. How, you know, how thought, was your attitude during that those three years that you were you were staying sober, right? Mm -hmm. And good on you. Um, but you weren't in any recovery. Did did your attitude change at all? Or you know, were yeah. you were you, or were you just an asshole like I would have been? I would have oh, been. man. Just an asshole. And and okay. really, you know, like I was starting my relationship with my girlfriend at the time, now wife, uh, put her through the ringer. Um you know, and, and, uh, it was ups and downs cause I, I would stop for a couple months and then I, I'd, I'd pick up oh, a drink, you know, like, yeah. like cider would, would come out or something. I'd be like, Oh, I gotta try that. That sounds like it's not going to hurt me. You know, like what what's cider? Hard lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, uh, this literally, you know, like she was out of town and it was new year's Eve and, okay. out, you know, and I'm like, well, it's new year. Let's, let's kick it off. And that night I'm, standing over this guy I've known for years with a grill over, you know, one of those charcoal grills over my head. I'm about to hit him on the head with this thing. And there's like, it's no sense, no sense. Cool. Yeah. You know, I almost stabbed one of my good friends. Um, we got into a pretty good altercation over something really trivial and it's been a long road just trying to make amends with him. And, yeah. And um, so, yeah, just like That's things, that's the thing about drinking, you know, if, I mean, if we, if we blacked out and went to the soup kitchen and helped out, it'd be different, but we don't, <laughs> we become dangerous people. 
You know, yeah. we're getting we get in seven thousand pound cars, go driving around like, oh, this is normal. Trying to stab our friends, beating people up with good, yeah, it's yeah. not normal behavior. But I thought that was a rite of passage. I thought yeah. getting arrested, blacking out, just chaos in your life was just like that's how it rolls. You know, and that, those were just a lot of the people that I, I ran with. You know, some that I don't see anymore. Um, well, and even your dad. Yeah. Yeah, so that that was just normal. I thought that was just absolutely normal behavior. Yep. Um, it's it's not, and I, I they were kind of like little vacations, you know. Like I was um, in grad school, and I I would try to, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like do preemptive texts. I'd call them, so I'd, I'd text my mom like, "Love you." I'll see you Monday. And I'd literally just check out for like three days. Yeah, you know, just like don't talk to me, don't look for me. Yeah, I'm just I'm on vacation Ooh, for the weekend, you know, dangerous. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it never worked out very well. I can't say it did me a lot of favors. And so it, it, it was working till it didn't. And I think it was around college that that kind of shifted. And I really my, my drinking. Yeah, I turned into that person that I, I hated being. But it it was a way to just shut it off. Like, yeah, shut my brain off. I yeah. And sometimes that the because even though it's not physical pain it's it's emotional pain your whole body hurts i mean and it's so hard to describe but it doesn't feel much different than detoxing from alcohol mm -hmm. you know um and those emotions can really tie us up especially anger anger with men who i know i had a big anger problem and when i drank it came out yeah, the world's out to get you and, and yeah, you know you judge other is. people's outsides how, how you feel inside and someone looks at you wrong you know and oh, i'm yeah. not a big guy and I, I i would take on the world like this yeah, man you know <laughs> and my friends would have to back me up all the time and they they were yeah. sick of it you know like yeah. it was just it was just like yeah, that guy's are, looking at you know me what wrong. there's nothing better than a friend who will have your back even though you're wrong but you're gonna hear about it <laughs> you're gonna hear <laughs> yeah. about it Oh Bad. yeah, and I did. Yeah, uh, I certainly did, and uh, yeah. So I, I guess you know I stumbled a few times getting there, and there it was. Uh, you know, it was. It came to a time I was 26. I was living with my my girlfriend, not my wife. That we were living in a condo, and um, we we got into it, and it was. I don't even know who yeah. I was mad about. Um, basically. You know she's uh she's upset and i broke a door and i see her you know cowered yeah. in the corner and i'm thinking to myself i gotta get out of here you know yeah. it's not about her this it's like the cops are coming i gotta yeah. go um and so you know i i went downtown one night two nights i i, I think i took my bike there which is interesting okay. so you know thankfully i never uh i i drank and drove a lot and thankfully you know no no accidents and and that's a yet because like you know i stay in the yet because you know that stuff yeah. can still happen yep if i if i wanted it to but um yeah thankfully you know nothing happened but um i went downtown and i i stayed at a buddy's and and i woke up in a pool of my own vomit just covered in bruises oh. uh, from from the night before and and it was like i don't know i don't know what happened no you idea died that night Easy. Yeah, the asphyxiation. That, that was probably, yeah. you know, that was going to be it. 
and uh and it hadn't you know that happened many times before but um i got up kind of packed my stuff and rode my bike back yeah uh and and basically you know my girlfriend was like that's it you know like that's that's it what are you gonna do you know like i'm leaving yeah and she was about to go visit uh family and so i um and I was very pissed, you know, her dad has, has his own stuff and he's yeah. been through it. Um, so I was, she was like, have you tried AA? And I was like, yeah. Um, didn't work. What, what about it? You know? <laughs> and, and then she's like, uh, and I'm like, yeah, it worked really great for your dad. Huh? You know, like, uh, you know, it's so, it's, it's just like that you really, yeah. when you're, when you're in that space and I can see yeah. people doing that when they're dry too. Like, it's like yeah. you're between, you, you can't drink and you can't stay sober where do you what do you do and it's uh it's a very confusing and very lonely place yeah 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 and i remember that and that's when you know you start digging like even at step zero you know like the 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 gift of desperation you start kind of digging deep and and you start really like considering who you are and and what what that's going to take and so i went to a meeting downtown on, on like Sherman or something. And, uh, you know, it was another, another circle situation. I was like, God damn it. Here we go. And then a guy pulled me aside after and he said, you know, there's some young people meetings down. Yeah. At DU. Like, why don't you check that yeah. out? DU is great for young people meetings. Yeah. Yeah. And it was uh, Denver young people at the time. Amazing groups. Uh, went there twice a week started going there and that it was just great to see young people doing this and yeah. happy and you know like people just people like you right and i still hated it don't get me wrong like i hated sure. it to my core and um but i just kept going because i had nothing else to do nowhere yeah, to go you were gonna lose everything if you didn't yeah yeah so you you know you go there and you you kind of you smoke some cigarettes and you, you talk to people and you try to drink some figure cup. out what the hell you're doing. Yeah. And, and, and so, yeah. around. Oh. <laughs> but the social part, like the, yeah. the activities afterwards, you know, the fellowship, I was just like mortified because I'm like, how do you interact and sober? Yeah. How do you do this? Like, I don't want to talk to you people. I don't even know you people. And I don't exactly. even think I like most of you people, but <laughs> you know, it turns out that I did and uh, it, it did help. Uh, you know, like I went to another group that was called Too Young to Die that had just started at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I walked in, and I saw a guy that I used to run with that, for sure, you know, those guys that's like, he should be dead or in jail. Yep. Like, yep. There's no reason there's he's no with There's no way people. that guy's going to get sober. No way. Yeah. Like, haven't talked to him for years, just figured he's dead. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, I sat by him and I knew at that point, like, I need to probably find a sponsor. But it sounded so like I, God answered your question. So I, I think that was God's I don't know any of you guys. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it was like, there. Yeah, you know, like, you belong here. Like, this is this is a good place for you. That's a miracle. And it was it was a miracle. And, and genuinely, he did so much. Um, uh-huh. And I owe a lot to him. Um, you know, just expanded my mind and, and my spirituality. And so, you know, he took me under his wing. Um, 
I didn't want a lot of the things that this guy had. He still lived with his mom. He was like in his thirties or almost, in, but like he had sobriety yep. down and he knew this shit back and forth, every part of it. And so we would just hop in his car and we didn't have much going on. So like it was a Saturday, we'd just hit meetings. Yep. And um, he, uh, I remember like when we got in the car and he's like, I can feel like, I can feel this, you know, the world around me. And I, I feel like I can talk to, to animals. And I'm like, yeah. you are not sober. Like, just, what are you doing, man? Like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And he's like, it's fourth dimension. And like, I'm connected. And this man flatlined on heroin twice Ooh. up to this point. Wow. Like, and he had had quite an experience, you know, um, and I, I can't really speak to his story, but he, yeah, yeah. he definitely, uh, he, he earned his seat for sure. And yeah, he's one. He's one of those guys. If he made it, I can make it. Yeah, and yeah. So we said, yeah, we need people like that. Love it. Right. No, he 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 pushed me to be honest, and that was the part. Yeah. You know, sitting with another man, um, it was emotional. You know, and and mm -hmm. he'd he lived in Parker, which is where I live now, and I, I was in Denver, and he'd be like, "You want this? You drive your ass to my house every week. We're gonna read this book." And I'm like, yeah. "Fucking serious." And uh, so you did it for all you could do. Yeah. He's gonna yeah, pull that did. line, you know, he is. <laughs> it was great, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, he uh, he walked me through it, we read it, you know, and he he knew he was a big book thumper and uh, love it. We, you know, but he, he was like, he'd kind of just keep pushing, you know, like you feel that way, you know, because you're yeah. insecure, you want people to, lo to like you, you do things to people, please, you know, and, yep. and things that. And that a lot of that came out of uh, my inventory, but just yeah. just the fact, you know, like I think good sponsorship is just something that just has to keep keep being um, held high as it is in the program. It's just yeah. it's so important. Yeah, and accountability. He was always there. Um, there was a night in Fort Collins. I was super uh, uncomfortable. I was visiting some old friends. I drove right. home he came right to my door you know not a lot of guys would do that i'm not saying no, you should but he came over and he sat with me and we meditated and he he just got me out of that that space that it was just like um just total you know i was just empty like yeah. i was i was a shell of a person yep and he showed me that love that unconditional love yep that we all need we all we and it's such a weird experience you know, going through unconditional love for the first time in AA, especially from another man. Because, yeah. you know, at that point, we're like, well, what is it that you want? You know, and to find out that they don't want anything but to help you is relieving. It is, you know, finally, I had another person in front of me that I didn't have to say, well, I'm lonely because of da, 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 da. I just told them I'm very lonely and they understood. They understand. That's that's what got me. It's crazy. It it is crazy to speak your truth in this program and for people not to leave or to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. It just it's understood. And you know, it's that old adage like you know, you're you're telling your you're you're doing your inventory and you're like you know, I had relations with the chicken and he's like, how many, 
you know, like, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, it's, like, it's just, you know, well, just, two. well, I did four. So I got yeah. to <laughs> All right. Yeah. Moving on. I'm not saying that happened. It's just, you know, it's, yeah, that's so, a, but if, for us, that's not, it may sound like an outlandish example, but it's not. Yeah. It's like, whatever, man. Like, that's it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and so I, I think that, you know, it's that it's that powerless and unmanageability that like got me there and the the, the doing step one perfectly kind of like was the the key to finally being done. But I do remember yeah. being in the car with him and I'm I'm sitting there and I'm like, so what about, you know, what about smoking weed for, for like a week? You know, for a good month of the, the beginning, I was smoking pot. I had to reset my so july was really when i started but like i had to reset to august because he was like and this was just his opinion he just said you're not connected Absolutely. you're not connected spiritually and and uh you know I, I just don't think that that that's recovery i don't think that that's sober and and some people disagree and but you know he was like if we're going to continue working you know you got to be sober but this was and, for you yeah that's what's beautiful about recovery is everybody has their own path yeah, and and everybody I to, has a right to their own path. For sure. When I went to meetings, you know, I, I try to ask other people, and they're like, "I don't know, man. Just, just no. keep the plug in the jug." Like, I'm not going to yeah. talk to you about that. They're going to talk to you about it. They're going to be like, "We're here for alcohol." Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I was like, "I'm high right now." And they're like, "Okay." Then good you hear? Yeah. No. 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 Glad you're here. <laughs> keep coming think, back. Yeah, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, that was kind of like God shot one for sure. Like, I think, you know, just, just waking up from that night was, you know, three. Yeah. It's, 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 it's coming. Yeah. So got you. And, uh, yeah. And so like, you know, in recovery, um, I just, I kept, uh, trying to enlarge my, my fellowship and spirituality. And so, you know, like I, I went on a mountain biking trip with a guy that I just kind of met and I knew he was into mountain biking and, um, we were up in kind of Avon, like out, out in the woods and huge, huge hailstorm came down and uh, we had to seek shelter. And there happened to be this weird shelter up there, like hut. So we sought refuge in there and it was just us. And I, I just thought like at that point, it was like I have to just do recovery things with recovery people and I have to stay insulated. And mm -hmm. like, okay. The, as the world has it, some other travelers came by with a bottle of whiskey and, <laughs> and joined our party. And I, I just think that that was like, you know, it's kind of like the Eskimo that's uh, in the book. Yeah. just trying to, you know, stay away from it. And, it, you know, it's 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 everywhere. And yeah. I think, you know, that was uh, just another test and another just instance that um, it was just kind of funny, you know, like, you know, my higher power can be kind of funny sometimes. And it's like, what are you gonna do, man? What are you gonna do with this? And and we made friends. We didn't. We didn't drink. Dry. Yeah, yeah. And we stayed dry, literally, figuratively, mentally, spiritually. Yeah. I mean, kept it cool. And and so that was, you know, that was uh, kind of an experience for me that really kind of solidified what I was doing. And um, you know, fast forward a bit. Um, I drove to the hospital to visit my former sponsor who was okay. in the hospital from um, taking some some hgb um 
And so he, he kind of fell off and that was, uh, that was really uh, a gut punch because he, you know, had been there every step. What is that? Um, so it's, it's the drug that's considered gate rape. He's a, he was a, a, a bodybuilder. Okay. Apparently they take that. And I mean, this is kind of like, you know, because, uh, I, I think it's just like maybe a cop out, but they take it for like growth or whatever, but he just, okay. he just took a bunch and then was okay. passed out on the ground and his mom found him and took him to the hospital. Okay. But he, yeah, he was out and you know, it, that was an interesting period that it was like, you know, my, this guy that I counted on was, um, you know, it was like the, the student becomes a teacher kind of thing. And yeah, you know, he, he was finding his own path. And so, um, people suggested I, I start working with someone else and it just, just happened to be that I had Atticus Finch right next door. Uh, this dude was this guy in recovery for as long as I was alive. And I saw him at a meeting and then I realized he was my neighbor and you know, it was just like, he was just plopped in my life. So I just walk over to his house and we just rap, you know, and like yeah. he took me through the steps again. We, he was a big 12 and 12 guy. So we did 12 and 12. Yep. Love the 12 by 12. And it was uh, solid, you know, and I still talk to him and he, he's a wonderful dude. Yeah. Um, Is he still your neighbor? No, we, I moved, but oh, um, that's right, you moved to Parker. You yeah, but he's still there, and and we we're, we're very much in touch. Um, love him to death, and so you know, it was just it was a blessing that it was just like you know, God's looking out for me again, and and um, I think at that point I started picking up sponsees, and I didn't uh-huh. think I was ready for that. You know, like we you never do. Yeah, yeah, you're like, I, I'm not gonna help this person. And I never thought I could do it like like yeah. uh, my former sponsor did. I never thought that could happen, you know. And and uh, I've done my best, but it's uh, I've had a couple scary, guys. You know, when we first get into the program, oh, we can't wait to get the twelfth step. Then we go through the steps to realize not only is there a lot of work, but these people depend on us, and we get sure that's a it's a legitimate fear. Why? Because we've never been there before. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, but you know, but it continues to say in the book if you have courage, if you have the right answers, you can help hundreds and thousands of people. Truly yeah, can. and a lot of guys they went out uh pretty early on when I was first starting. I was that guy that was like, Do you want to die? You yeah. die and uh, it, it wasn't <laughs> working very well, <laughs> uh, so you know, they, you know what. But wait a minute, though. You, but what we're doing sometimes, what happened to you, you had to go to court and the seed was planted. That's when the seed was planted. Then the psychic change happened to you. And I think the same thing happened to you that happened to me. I saw my wife. I looked in her eyes and I knew I was the problem. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I had to quit. I so thought I she was the problem over. for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so I got sober for my family, but I did recovery for me. You know, you have to do yeah. But I yeah. think you can get sober for any darn reason you want to. Yeah, um, that's a beautiful statement. But once you really start doing it for yourself and once you really it see does, that. It changes everything. But before that, it was like, you know, whatever relationship it was, it was like, sorry, man, that's a woman or that's that's who I am. Like, that's how I roll. Yeah. If you're not with that, that's too bad. You know, I'm just right. going to keep on doing this. 
I used to, I used to tell people that I was dating. I'm like, uh, I'm an alcoholic. I know it. If you try and change me, I won't see anyone. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, talk about narcissistic, man. But you, you, that, I mean, you put that over everything else. And then we yeah. learned in this program, you got to put, you know, your recovery over everything else and then things tend to work out. Yeah. And yeah, so thankfully I've got four guys that are still sober and, and yeah. you know, just solid guys that, that I can really depend on. But a lot of that vulnerability came out in um, not only working with my own sponsors, but at, at this point now, like, you know, sitting down with another man and hearing their story, like, yeah. I can't help but tear up. Like, it's, yeah. it's harrowing, like some, you know, just to get to that place too. Like, we're very lucky, you know, to get yeah. to that, even to get to the inventory and have that, you know, have, have that moment yeah with god and with another another man and and my my sponsor was old school in the beginning you know like he we we held hands and i was like what are you what are we gonna do what is that you know and, and like he'd, he'd take me you know to like an overlook and he's like we're gonna meditate and i'm like are you gonna are you gonna kill me are you gonna are you gonna touch me yeah you know and like it was yeah it, it, but as, he, and, as men that's what we're taught yeah we yeah, are you're not, on you do not share your emotions or you're a weak fuck. Yeah. And yeah. the opposite's the truth. The opposite's the truth. But I think that's why we, we dive into the bottle, you know, because yeah. like you just yeah. can't face it and you can't deal with your emotions. Yeah. So you Gotta just hide it somewhere. What do you do instead? Just get drunk and mad. Yeah. That's shove what it we down. Just shove it. Just shove it down. Just you know, put it under the rug <laughs> until I get drunk and then it's all going to come out. You know? I'm about 11 years. I'm a little over 11 years in now, and I'm still Whoa. learning a lot about myself, though. You know, like, that's uh, that's the yeah. trick. Every, you know, I've been reading the big book since 1989. Damn. And I still learn new things every time I go through it. Every time that's I go what, That's it. But I, the book doesn't yeah. change. I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's, and that, that's your attraction. That's what, you know, like, yeah. immediately I'm, I'm drawn to this man i'm like this dude knows what's up like and, and he's he's still on that path like you can kind of like you can tell and i i don't want to get from that judgmental place but you know like it's easy to kind of check out too like when you get to a certain point you're just kind of like rattling off and it's just like you know all right third step this is the third step good meeting yeah. toodaloo it it usually happens around seven eight nine and people what happened is People, that's about the spot when people tend to think, I don't need AA. And they'll skip mm -hmm. a meeting. And I went through this. I had 12 years of sobriety. And I thought it was okay to skip a meeting. Well, it was a lot easier to skip that next meeting. Mm -hmm. Then I wasn't going to meetings. And, mm -hmm. it, and it didn't, you know, it took two years. <laughs> But I started reverting and I relapsed emotionally way before I relapsed um, physically. Mm -hmm. And that's what, you know, we have to hear that and that I'm not pretending like I have never done that or I'm not, or I've and really virtual meetings have kind of saved my life in a lot of ways because, uh, you know, last year, our son, at four months old, he, he was trached and we were in the hospital for two oh, months and yeah. I was there 24 seven. And yeah. so, you know, that's where I started finding virtual meetings and I, I logged into, you know, the, the uh, York street, you know, uh, candlelight 
Yeah. Those, those people were there every night, six nights a week. And, yeah. you know, I just, all of a sudden it was like, I'm not alone again, you know, like, but it was a scary place. Like, you know, I was supposed to be there for my son and I, I that's all I was trying to do, but I was kind of losing yeah. my shit. And that's part of recovery for us, you know, because for me, I was an absentee father. So, you know, when it comes to my kids, they're top priority, but that's part of my recovery. But everybody knows three to four, you don't bug dad. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I was even at my son's birthday party a few weeks ago. And I'm like, I got to go to my meeting and everybody, I mean, like my ex-wife and everybody's there, they're like, bye. <laughs> you know, <laughs> go yeah. ahead, please. So, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think, you know, virtual meetings are, are a new horizon. You know, this podcast, uh, it's it's a whole different ball game, And I, I'm really trying to wrap my arms around it because, you know, it's it's there. It's always there. And, you know, mm -hmm. I work virtually. It's so I, I'm really comfortable in that environment. I wouldn't have met you. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. It, and it's it's wild. And, and so I think just the action part is what I'm working on. And I that is something that I'm I'm still exploring that kind of like the wonder years. Not yeah. like I you hear the wonder years, you wonder if anybody else is working in the program. At this point, it's like the wonder years, like I wonder what the hell the rest of this time's gonna look like. Cause yeah. you know, that that obsession of the mind changes to uh this time will be different. You know, that's what your head's starting yeah. to tell you yeah. if you start drifting. And you know, that's what I heard from my old sponsor. You know, he's sitting there. I didn't get honest with myself, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you, I, you, I still wonder what that means sometimes. And, and I think it's just at your core that like you, you slip away. He wasn't going to meetings and that's, that's what, neither here nor there, but I hear it. And it, it's sort of terrifying sometimes, mm -hmm. but like, if you can just spend some time with Dion, you know, like things get better. Yeah. And I hate to say it, like I, the isolation, that's exactly where you, this disease wants you to be. It, and, absolutely. It does. So I think that some people may think that virtual meetings have that, that, that kind of heart to it. But um, I saw isolation in the hospital recently that my dad just had a triple bypass. Okay. He wasn't honest with the docs and he was going through delirium tremens for three yeah. days. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, he's sweating. And he's losing his shit. He's he's going. He's having like he's delirious at night. He sees apparitions. Yeah. And he's telling me, I, I gotta stop. I gotta stop. You know. And I saw him recently with the with a glass of wine. So you know, it's this is a very very cunning, baffling, powerful thing that we're going through. Yeah. And you know, it, it'll grab you, and it'll take you back. As yeah. soon as you want it to, as soon as you let it, you know, and that's the, the hard part. Yeah, really, it's that that intention, you know, but, you know, I feel like, you know, my intentions were good, but the outcome just never was, Um, you know, and, you know, maybe we'll never know why. You know, but you know but, what they tell us? I'm sorry. No, sorry, please finish. Yeah, no, fin finish that thought. I'm sorry, Dion. Um. Um, yeah, I was just saying, you know, I don't know that we'll ever know why. I know we're born with this disease, so we've gotten that far. But once you start to add trauma and other things to the mix, I mean, you can get something much different. You can get something very, very dangerous. Um, they, yeah. say in, they say in Chapter 5 that 
there's some of us who have mental disorders, but you can make it if you're honest with yourself. And you can seek outside help. I mean, that's there. Absolutely. But it's the honesty that that's that's really the key and the honesty, yeah. openness, willingness. But like the the funny thing about that statement too is that um, what you're saying before that uh, now I've been told don't plan for the outcome, plan the action. You yeah. Know, and that's that's changed my thinking in a lot of ways, and and even just like I used to drink because it was like you did this to me, like yeah. this is your fault. There were always and, reasons and excuses. Yeah, yeah, and I just felt like I was a victim. You know, of yeah. my circumstances, and you know, I really didn't have that bad. And honestly, like you know, that it's described as like like an elevator, and you know, I, I chose where I got up, and I'm I'm very grateful for that. Um, could be worse or better than some people, you know, whatever. And yeah. but the you know the thing about it, um, I completely lost my train of thought, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like you, you know, you get you get to that point that. Uh, I, because I was able to do my amends and, and go through this process, mm -hmm. I could find that forgiveness from my parents that they were doing the best that they could too. Yep. And yeah. I made my own decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right because, you know, would it be nice if our parents came back? You know, I did that for my kids. I let them have a chance to yell and scream at me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my daughter took it, but it, it helped. Because I took accountability for it. Now, are my parents going to take accountability? No, they're not. But at some point, you need to realize that nobody else gets to decide who you are. You are who you are because you've made that decision. Um, so it was really hard for me. But And I don't really particularly like it. But you've got to take responsibility for your own emotions especially as men, um, no matter what somebody else has done, your emotions are still yours and you have to learn, um, learn how to work with them, not deal with them, not fight them, but to accept them for what they are and work with it. I, I appreciate that. I mean, it's, I, I think in this program that, um, I am not on a pedestal and I am not this guru floating Honestly, it's just gotten me to a place that I'm like halfway to like what a normal per functioning yeah. human being should that look one. like. <laughs> you know, like and so it just kind of brought me to that place that I can like sort of exist in the world and not be just total a wreck. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know what it's like now? Like I we have two beautiful children, you know, and uh, my wife has only seen me for three years, you know, but a drunk and thankfully God bless their heart three years is a long freaking time to live with a drunk right right and most yeah. most of the time people would just leave at that point so you know she uh she saw me through this and she's been a very very big supporter um, yeah. I, finished, you know what? Uh, I don't know that i would have made it back if it wasn't for my wife yeah and i, I think that you know like we we talked about how we got in here, you know, because we were we were done and we had nothing. Yeah, sure. But really, like you do, it, you do do it for other people too. Like you do it because you want to be in their lives. Yeah. If you know, at some point. Well, you know, and I because I I get why people say that you need to do it for yourself, and I agree. The thing is, is when I sobered up, I didn't love me. Mm -hmm. I wanted me dead. I didn't think I deserved anything. 
So how am I going to use that information to get myself into, into getting some help? Okay. Yeah. Deep at my core, I don't like hurting other people. Mm -hmm. Right. So I was no longer willing to accept the consequences of what I was doing to other people anymore. I just, I couldn't do that. And so I figured I needed to make a change. And I think that's interesting, like, you know, that you're saying that when you were sober, you still hate yourself. And I think that that's a, a common theme. Like for me, sure. like, things did not get better. Like I felt absolutely insane. And, yeah. I, you know, like I, I have to mention that, that like my life was not sunshine and rainbows, you know, yeah. like it, you, you know, like that's when the real work starts. And yeah. like is when you, you get just, into recovery. Yeah. Yeah. Sober just means you don't drink anymore. It's all it means. Yeah. And a lot of people in the world are sober, but non-alcoholic. They don't mm -hmm. need to do the extra work. We do if we want to have any chance at a decent life. See, you don't need to be drinking for your disease to progress. You just need not do anything about it. Isn't that, it's just mind blowing that people can just like not drink, you know, and not like <laughs> want to kill themselves every, I don't know. Like, it's just like hats off yeah. to them for sure. <laughs> but yeah, just like, you know, I, I, I see people that do that and you're just like, how, how do you, how do you not work a program? Like, that's the wildest thing. It's just, yeah. That's just for me. Like I had to do it. So, but yeah, yeah man, Dion, you're a spiritual gangster, man. Thanks, I appreciate man. you spreading the word, yeah. doing the work, making it I'd, fun. I'd love to have you on. You have, do you have any uh, words of wisdom? Any parting words? Oof. Uh, you know, the the intuitive thought, action, decision, it's there. Yeah. It, and it's always going to be there. And, you know, that's what I'm trying to tap into, that, uh, that spiritual alignment, you know, day by day. And that, those are the things that they're brought into my life. And if I just pay attention, yeah, there will be more. You know, and I'm I'm so grateful for that, that at least, it, you know, I'm aware. But uh, just for folks to just keep keep optimistic and, and look out for those things. And it might not be right now. It might not be tomorrow. But it's going to be dropped in your lap. You know, it is. Great stuff. Thank you again for taking your time on, on a Saturday. Well, we had this planned while the kids were napping. So... Um, they'll probably wake up about now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but, uh, thank you for being, thank you so much for being on the show. I, I had a lot of fun talking with you, Rob. Um, I, I, I look forward to, to a good long friendship with you. Hell yeah. Trudging the road. What is that? Sure. Walk with purpose. Yeah. <laughs> and trudge that happy road of destiny. <laughs> much love, oh, man. Parting words for my audience. You know, this. This should be encouraging for a lot of young people out there. And I, I certainly do encourage young people to give it a try. The first time I got sober, I was 18 years old. I was living on Skid Row. I certainly qualified as a hopeless drunk. So um, thank you, everybody, for being here. I love you all. You know I do. Peace out. All right, and have a day. Thank you.